Welcome everybody to a very special episode of the BoomTube podcast. Uh, today I have a very special guest. This is actually my brother-in-law, Callum, over in uh, Nashville. Callum, what's going on, buddy? Just living the dream, trying not to die young. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's all we can do, right? Right. How's your summer going, man? Pretty good. Um, it's starting to dry out a bit, so I can, you know, hopefully see some actual sun. Yeah. Out here, man, it's been nothing but humidity and rain, and it was like monsoon season there for a while, and we're finally getting some sun, but now it's it's just muggy, and ugh, I can't complain, though, it's not snowing. <laughs> hey, at least it's not snow. I, I had to peel a four-year-old off of a wall the other day because it was so humid she stuck to it. <laughs> I believe that. I'm, I'm, I'm actually afraid by the time we're done with this here, I'm going to be stuck to this uh, chair, and that might be a lovely uh, ASMR sound for all of our listeners. So. <laughs> that good leather peel. <laughs> right, right, right. Callum, he's my brother-in-law. He's out in Nashville, so hopefully you can make that pretty uh, clean and sound good for everybody. Uh, we're going to kind of do a little bit of a different format. Uh, we're going off of uh, some open-ended questions, just kind of some discussions, getting some perspective on things. And we are going to have a normal episode where we focus on the news that should be coming out on Wednesday. Uh, that uh, simply is a matter of scheduling, holiday weekend. Our scheduling issues is a bonus episode for all my listeners and extra work for me. So <laughs> without further ado, we'll go right into it. So one of these brand new segments is something I'd like to call a spotlight. And with this, we're going to focus on some sort of medium, be it a book, game, TV show, movie. And it's going to be something that we truly enjoy, but maybe it doesn't get the attention that it deserves. Maybe we're going to you know, try to bring some light to it and try to get the word out there. I'd love to hear what you brought today, Callum. All right, so I have brought you a movie from 1977 that just got remade last year. Um, it's an Italian supernatural horror film called Suspiria. Um, it is directed and uh, produced by the Argento family. Um, meaning that it's directed by Dario Argento and it's co-produced by Claudio and Salvatore Argento. And it's this like, really trippy um, movie about a dancer who goes someplace to study but stumbles into a, con- a convent of uh, witches, which is absolutely just, just a gorgeous movie. It's really, really good if you don't mind reading subtitles in Italian. Um, sure. It's, it's it's a gorgeous movie. The colors are just phenomenal. I think it's much much better than the Superior um, film they just made this past year. But I just I I love this movie. It's the music is incredible. Um, definitely something you shouldn't watch late at night, um, especially in the dark because of all the colors and how rapidly it changes. But it's just. It's just an absolute acid trip of a movie, and I enjoy it immensely. And I don't think that people really remember it too much, mostly because it's it's classified as like Euro horror, and it's also um, Italian. Sure. Okay. So it's a bit more experimental. It's a bit different than, you know, say your typical slasher film, ghost film, things like that. It's more. It's really. It's got some really gorgeous scenes. Like there's a scene where the uh, main character Susie is doing um, a dance for the for the witches who are who are absorbing her um, life force, her youth and perfect beauty. They call it. They're absorbing it, and as she's dancing, another girl um, is getting killed in the movements that she's making. Oh wow. That's pretty cool. So, so it's kind of like a mirror effect or like a puppet effect or something. 
exactly. So, like, they're all standing around her, like, as she's dancing, like, kind of, like, judging her. And then in another room, there's all these hooded figures as this girl is just getting, well, like, supernaturally murdered, I suppose. I've never seen it myself, but... I've always seen uh, screenshots of this movie or cl- short clips of it in like a YouTube list or something, and, and I always see the bright, bright colors, like almost like they took those um, like the colored plastic film and just directly put that over the lens, so you have that super sharp, high contrast, like yellow, red, blue. Uh, the colors do look amazing. It, it looks like a, like you said, the visuals alone sound like it's something I should check out. It's one of those ones where it looks like it's just like shot through like the tube of a neon sign for a lot of it. Um, Ooh, I like that. I like that. That's a, that's a good way to put that. It's a gorgeous movie. Um, it's one of those movies where people will be like, all right, I've seen this once. I can check it on the list and never watch it again. I did see the remake. It was it was more of a it was more of a classic slasher than it was the Euro horror crazy visual that the original Suspiria was. Yeah. Um, it, it was, if it wasn't being based off of the original Suspiria, I'd be like, this was a pretty decent movie. But having guys that to compare it to one's remaking, and I think it just kind of fell short. All the beloved like visuals are pretty much gone. The story still remains, but that's arguably the less um, good part of the movie. Sure. More of the vibrant colors and the um, beautiful visuals of music combo is more what Zysteria is known for rather than the, the chair-gripping story that it is. Right, right. Well, that's interesting that you, you mentioned the audio with the visual because... Um, I do think that that is something that is uh, often overlooked um, in movie making because that's all about atmosphere, you know? I remember, gosh, this was in the early 2000s, the original Resident Evil movie. I remember watching a interview with Marilyn Manson, uh, and he actually did the uh, composition for the music in that movie. And he, he said that he intentionally chose certain notes that are similar to um, like somebody screaming or a baby crying, things that these notes have subconscious effects on a person, and it makes you like uneasy. Uh, I know that there's obviously visual cues that can cause that as well. So uh, for a movie, in particular a horror movie, to kind of focus on that and really hone in on those things, I think that's really effective. And if that's you know what you say it is, I, this sounds like a movie I'd really like to check out. Absolutely. And- Back on to the topic of uh, music and movies, you don't really think of how important it is until you imagine the scene where Captain America and Endgame says Avengers Assemble set to the theme of Yakety Sax. Then you really take notice to how really uh, important music is to movies in the moment. Right, right. And uh, now this is all that I'm going to think about. And... <laughs> I need to see this, and I need somebody out there to make this edit, if that's not already out there. (laughs) I need to see that. That is great. That can be an entire series. That could free idea, free idea that I'm going to put out there in the ethos, because I ain't going to do it. But (laughs) take serious scenes from movies and put in, like, yakety sacks or something like that. (laughs) An absolutely ridiculous theme, like maybe the theme to Water the Water Boy or something. Right, or or Freakazoid. (laughs) (laughs) That's great, dude. Oh my gosh, so Suspiria. Okay, so that, that, that sounds like a good movie. That sounds like something I would really dig. The visuals, the horror, um, the atmosphere, and I certainly don't mind subtitles. Um, you know, Pan's Labyrinth and 
various other films, you know, subtitles don't, they don't turn me off personally. Right. I mean, if the movie's good, the subtitles don't really matter like they did with A Quiet Place. You start to forget, exactly. Right. Exactly, exactly. Um, well, I have uh, brought a movie myself. I th- it's so funny. It's one of my favorite hidden gem comedies, and it just blows my mind nobody has seen it. It's called National Lampoon's Loaded Weapon 1. And just a brief story on that, I think I was in 7th or 8th grade, going through Walmart with friends like you do when there's nothing to do in a small country town, and I picked up this DVD in the bargain bin, because what the heck, I've just money burning a hole in my pocket. Uh, This movie is hilarious. So it's called Loaded Weapon 1, and it's uh, obviously a play on Lethal Weapon and its many sequels. Uh, It stars Emilio Estevez, Samuel Jackson... Uh, it has cameos by all kinds of actors. Uh, Bruce Willis um, as John McClane. <laughs> the villain is Tim Curry and uh, William Shatner. I mean, that alone. Like, can you talk about like hamming it up and like chewing the scenery? <laughs> Nothing quite like getting chased by Pennywise and Captain Kirk. <laughs> right, right. You know, I don't know if you ever knew this, but a little tiny bonus bit of trivia is. Uh, Michael Myers' original mask was a William Shatner mask painted white. So he got Pennywise and Michael Myers. This movie is so good, and it's got so many great cameos. And the thing that I can't believe about this movie is it's a National Lampoon movie. So that alone kind of brings some recognition. And it just, I don't know, have you ever heard of it? I haven't heard of it, but it kind of sounds like the Scary Movies uh, series, if they were actually good. (laughs) Right, right, right. Or the the first couple ones, you know. But this movie is just fantastic. It's got great meta humor. It makes fun of all the action tough guy movies from the 80s and the the 90s. And uh, it just goes into some great territory. And I really don't want to... I can't talk too much about it because it is ultimately a comedy. You know, I don't want to give all the jokes away. Um, But the things I can just promise is the cast is excellent. The story and the writing is hilarious, especially if you're into buddy cop movies and action movies. But National Lampoon's Loaded Weapon 1, highly recommend checking it out. Um, I've never seen it stream anywhere. That's one of those random movies, you know, you just, you never see streaming. Um, I've owned it on DVD this whole time, but it's just one I still have never come across. So uh, this might be an Amazon purchase if it's something you're interested in or... (laughs) If you're still lucky enough to have a video store near you, uh, definitely check it out. I highly recommend it. Yes, if you happen to have a highly coveted blockbuster near you. <laughs> yes, yeah. You know, that that blows my mind. If we can just talk about that for a second. So, I understand how movie uh, rental stores have gone under with the rise of streaming and all that. I get it. However, how has that not reached a point where it's now a novelty or a niche or... You know, the, as I just said, certain movies aren't always found on streaming services. And, uh, you know, the movie sort of be a good place to go. It's It just still surprises me that you don't see more of them. Like, again, I understand why they fail, but you know where I'm coming from? Yeah, I, I get it, but I think it's because they refuse to adapt to begin with. And they went down so hard that it didn't really pan out. Sort of like how um, Kodak didn't. Uh, adjust to digital, the digital cameras, and they thought that film was going to always be the way to go. Right now, the Kodak factory is only operating at a fifth of its original size, and Blockbuster is completely bankrupt because they didn't adjust um, fast enough. 
they still had those empty cases, empty VHS cases all out through their store that you could bring to the front and get the VHS tape put into it. Up until, oh goodness, I don't even know when they actually finally made the switch to putting DVDs up there. But it took them way, way too long. And they ended up losing way too much money before they could actually, um, before they actually made that change. They were kind of, they were, they were six feet under the water before they put the life jacket on. Oh, that makes, yeah, that's a great way of putting that. A little too little, too late. You know, they're past the point of no return. Um, yeah, that's, that's, but like, so the ones I'll still see are family videos. I'll see them randomly here and there. So they're still out there. What I would do personally, if I worked for this company, I feel like they need to have a marketing or an advertising campaign focused purely on like, oh, can't find that movie? Guess what? We have it. I don't know. I just, I just find if it doesn't happen within the next five to 10 years, you watch it in about 15, 20 years, it'll come back full circle and video stores will be the hottest thing. It'll be amazing. I just, I just, you can kind of, it might not happen. We're going to move on to uh, some video games because uh, Callum and myself, I think uh, we both consider ourselves uh, pretty uh, pretty big gamers. We, we enjoy quite a bit of that stuff. So you, you and I can dive into that. Kind of had a little question for you. I kind of wanted to pose something for you since you are a gamer. I don't know about you. Maybe maybe this is just me. Maybe I'm crazy. Maybe not. I don't know. But do you ever, just in real life, going about your day... Do you ever visualize video game mechanics or uh, graphics or just some sort of asset from video games? Do you ever do you ever try to visualize or overlay that stuff in real life? Do you know what I mean? So whenever I'm just kind of like walking, like I like uh, my fiance, we're walking through downtown Nashville, and I was just imagining uh, like the mechanic in Watch Dogs where. Uh, people's information was sort of just popping off their heads. Right. Um, and I was just amusing myself by making up um, terribly amusing stories about them. Like, um, like Gerald over here with a really long beard, he tried to become a children's author and failed miserably because Tanky the Tank did not take off. <laughs> and that's sort of what I do. I just, like, every person has a different thing, and it's, it's just a way to keep myself entertained. <laughs> right, right. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad I didn't throw you a huge curveball here, because uh, you know I, I do. I have to admit, I do do that. Um, it, it, it'll kind of change up from time to time. I know a couple years ago, um, I would visualize the quest marker from Skyrim, where <laughs> if, I, if I knew I was going down at the end of town, I knew where that that compass. You know, I knew that marker was down there, pointing me to go east or wherever. Um, but, uh, lately the thing that, uh, I've been seeing is if I'll see like a group of birds flying around, like a flock of birds, I'll imagine the Red Dead Redemption 2 dead eye system all in my head. I'll picture painting them with all those red X's and then pow, 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 blasting them all <laughs> in succession. And it's like, I'm not even a hunter or anything like that, but I'll see all those birds. And I know in the game, anytime I saw a bunch of birds, I was like, ah, I need the feathers and <laughs> I'd blast them. But I'll see that, and then uh, something else I'll have. There's a, one of my favorite video games uh, lately. It's called XCOM 2. Uh, have you ever heard of that? If you describe it, maybe. So it's called XCOM 2. It's obviously the second in a series. Never played the first, but it's a real-time strategy that kind of plays out like a board game. You, you're pretty much a group of commandos, 
and one by one you choose them to make moves, whether it's move, uh, hide, duck, and you know raise their defense, make an attack, things like that. But it's all turn-based, and it's really cool. Well, if you choose to attack somebody, uh, and again, being turn-based, when it's actually your turn, time just freezes pretty much, so it can sit there forever. But when you choose to attack, you go to each of your targets, and it shows a percentage. It's your chance of hitting it, so it'll be like 81%, 3%, whatever. And so, just before we started this podcast, I had to throw away a napkin, and I turned around, and there's the trash can. And I'm visualizing it, and then I picture 31%. There's no way I'm making this, because I'm just way too uncoordinated. (laughs) And then I'll throw it, and then sure enough, you know, I'll miss it. But that's, you know. (laughs) The the Wave Racer game. Yes. The Wave Racer game, the jet skis. Yes. Every time I'm peeling out of a parking spot, it's turbo! <laughs> that's great, that's great. Sometimes I will do that at a red light, and I'll think, here I go! <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad I'm not crazy. I'm glad I'm not crazy. I'm not the only one. But, uh, hey, I know that you're actually hyped about a game coming up. Uh, Elden Ring, I think it was called? Yes, Elden Ring. Elden Ring, I am just so stoked for it. So... Uh, we all got caught up in the hype of uh, of Game of Thrones. Sure. We all we were all there. We were all whether we were disappointed or not there to see the end of it. Right. And George R. R. Martin can build a world like nobody else can. And the only person I ever thought could rival that was Hidetaka Miyazaki from From Software, the development company that makes the Dark Souls games, like. Uh, all three of the Dark Souls games, Bloodborne and Sekiro, which just came out earlier this year. Um, those are the supposed, uh, those are the get good games, right? Yeah, those those are the games where um, you throw yourself up against the brick wall and you do it time and time again. You finally figure out that uh, this is how you have to do it to beat them, or you just cave in and throw the game away. Um, <laughs> so, so Dark Souls is one of my absolute favorite games. Um, I bought the remaster the second it hit stores. I played all three all the way through to completion, um, which is like hashtag humble brag there that I beat all three consoles. <laughs> yeah, just, just tossing that out there. I like that. <laughs> just, just letting you know. Right. <laughs> but so I've just I've always been so interested in the lore because they don't really talk too much of the lore in game. You can play an entire Dark Souls game and not have any clue what's going on. Um, you just get to the end, you're like, oh, hey, and I'm not going to spoil it for anybody who's going to play Dark Souls, but you, each Dark Souls game, you have a choice at the end um, that affects the outcome, and you make whatever choice, and you have no idea the ramifications of them, because you just made it on a whim, because the lore is so hidden. Usually it's hidden in like item descriptions and NPC characters that you have to complete their quests, or you have to do some ridiculous, you have to do some ridiculous quests. Like there's one in Dark Souls Three where you have to die so many times that this guy gets so excited that you're becoming so what's called hollow that he just dies of excitement. And oh my god! So it's 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 a dash of cryptic. Um, yeah. You know, and, and I do like that. I like because that's not how the real world works. You know, people don't speak in exposition. You know, um, I like that. That's pretty cool. It kind of reminds me of like Skyrim. Uh, to touch on that again, uh, all those extra books. You know, you could certainly never read a single word of it, but if you were interested enough, you could certainly learn a lot more lore. Um, you can absolutely read 
volumes of the wing like I totally didn't do. <laughs> the lusty Argonian maid. I don't know a thing about that one, but um, <laughs> uh, that's awesome. That's really cool. So we're talking about a really difficult, quote unquote, get good game. And we're already talking two master storytellers. Is that what you're saying, pretty much? Yes. We're talking two master storytellers. And individually, I'd fall in love with them because I'm working my way through this book series right now after the uh, really? actual show ends. And I'm helping my buddy play through Dark Souls Remastered for the very first time. Okay. And then the other day, I was just scrolling through the Twitter webs and I came across George R. R. Martin and. Miyazaki of From Software are coming together to make a new game. And I was like, they're what? A brand new game with lore entirely made by George R. Martin and Hidetake Miyazaki. I'm probably butchering his name, but that's okay. Um, I've, I've bought all three games multiple times. I think I earned the right to mispronounce this man's name. <laughs> <laughs> right. um, yeah, that's so. So you, yeah, you've bought in the game several times for the remasters, the different systems, okay. all that good stuff. Yeah, all the DLC. Yeah, yeah. I've I was telling uh, Nate before. Uh, gosh, I swear I don't intend to keep bringing up Skyrim. I promise. <laughs> but, <laughs> but to bring up Skyrim yet again, I, I have honest. I've honestly probably bought in that game probably five times, and it's not like selling and then rebuying. It's the remaster, then this system, then that remaster, and then. <laughs> yeah. But that's a good game. That's a that's a that's a sign of a good game. You know. Absolutely. I just like throwing all the mods on. Like right now, um, I have lightsabers. That's awesome. That's uh, I, I should probably be shocking nobody here, um, but one of the mods I'm using is uh, the ability to be Batman in Skyrim. Uh, <laughs> naturally, your your sneak is uh, maxed out. Your hand to hand combat, all that good stuff. Shocking absolutely nobody. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. Well, uh, Callum, thank you so much for joining me today, man. It was. I hope you had a good time. Did you like it? Did you enjoy it? Yeah, man. Well, well, thank you again for joining me. And, and to all of our listeners, uh, thank you again uh, for bearing with me. We're going to have a regular episode up probably Wednesday, but we are we have this special bonus episode for you guys uh, just in time for your Monday morning. So I hope you did all enjoy it. Please mind the, uh, the, the canned call, but uh, again, we're in completely different states making do here. Please follow us at our Twitter. We're, of course, at, uh, at BoomTube Podcast. You can interact with us there. Give us uh, ideas. Ask us questions. And uh, just learn uh, all the up-to-date news, see what's going on with us. Have a great day. We'll see you soon.